Welcome to the Raiders Training Camp Podcast, presented by SiriusXM. Live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, here are your hosts, Jesse Merrick and Eddie Pascal. Happy Wednesday, Raider Nation. Eddie Pascal and Jesse Merrick here back for Episode 7 of the Raiders Training Camp Podcast, presented by SiriusXM. Jesse, 7... Oh, it feels like we've been doing this for a long time, but also not a long time at all. No, yeah, it's it's wild. Like the way time works in training camp. I mean, what is time anyway, yeah, exactly. right? <laughs> exactly. Incredible. But uh, we are back today. And, dude, we got a lot to talk about. I know it's only we've only had, like, I think, one or, one or two practices since the last time we did the show. Yeah. But there has been no shortage of storylines to follow for your Las Vegas Raiders. And let's just begin here, right? We'll talk about practice in a little bit. But yesterday, on Tuesday, the Raiders, along with the other 31 teams in the NFL, league-mandated cut day down to 85, and the Raiders made the following moves. They released wide receiver Demarcus Robinson, more on that in a second, in defensive tackle Vernon Butler, and also waived Gary Green, close personal friend of Jesse Merrick, My guy. Uh, Tyrone Wheatley Jr., and cornerback Nate Brooks. So... You look at the five. You saw the five come through yesterday. Any surprises from our first wave of cuts? I mean, the surprise, first of all, was that I had to pour one out for my guy, yeah, Gary. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, anybody that's listened to the pod last year, this year, knows that I've always been high on him. I like the tools that he has. You know, so I was bummed to see him go, but, uh, you know, would love to see him land somewhere else. Uh, you know, the big one that everyone talks about is Demarcus Robinson. Uh, and I think initially I was shocked more so just because I, I – I had had a thought last week where I was watching practice, and I, he kind of caught my eye at one point, and I was like, man, I haven't really noticed him much. Uh, you know, and so I had that thought kind of popping up my head where I'm like, does he does he make the team? You know, given the fact that, you know, T. Billy and DJ Turner are guys that have looked very good and do a lot for this team, uh, but I definitely didn't expect to see him go in the first round of cuts. So that was, I think, essentially where I was a little surprised. But you got to imagine, you know, look – they, they throw the vet a bone, like, hey, look, you know, we think you're not going to make the team, so you, you cut them loose, you know, in that first round of it, so he's got a better chance to make another team. Yeah, and, and I agree with you there, where I think the surprise more is the name than kind yeah. of what we've seen at practice. And this is not to kind of disparage anything that DeMarcus no, did not at all. his time in silver and black, but I think you said it perfectly, where I think over the past couple days, weeks, you're kind of like, oh, oh, that's right, DeMarcus Robinson is still here. And, and it felt like he was a guy that the expectation was coming in where he would, you know— Certainly not be Devontae Adams 2.0, but he's no. a guy that's going to come in, contribute, be solid, kind of have his moments, have his flashes, have his Mac Hollins in the corner of the end zone moment. Yeah. And we just never got any of those from DeMarcus. And when I, I think what's interesting to me, though, is when we look at the wide receiver room now, and this is not like a bad thing by any stretch, it's just interesting that Devontae Adams is now the oldest wide receiver in that room. Ooh. Devontae Adams and Keelan Cole, both 29 years old. And then you go down the list of the other wide receivers on the roster, 23, 28, 26, 26. Demarius Robinson is a guy, a veteran dude, who's played a lot of football, won a Super Bowl, and, and I, I think that we might put a little too much emphasis on the, quote, veteran presence in the room. Yeah. But that big dog veteran presence, you know, kind of taking Devontae out of it, doesn't exist there now without Demarcus. No, yeah, I would agree, and I didn't even realize that when, you know, you go and look at it like that. Uh, you know, it is interesting, but at the end of the day, you know, it's a young man's game, and, you know, it, yeah. in you know, you said take Devontae out of it, so we're trying to remove that from the equation there. Having said that, I think it's still a, a mature group, you know, in yeah. terms of what they've done in the league or the, the continuity and, you know, staying power they've had on different teams and, and the multitude of things that they've done for those teams. You know, I look at a guy like Mac, done it all on special teams and stuff as well, and just comes in and seems like a unique guy that has an interesting outlook on life where I think, you know, for me, seems a lot older than, than what his age actually is. 
Yeah, I mean, Hunter Renfro, the same deal. When I remember yeah. we were talking to Hunter, what was that, two weeks ago now, where he's like, oh, I'm not a young guy, but I'm not a vet. Yeah, but like middle ground. Yeah, but he certainly carries himself and has produced like a veteran in the NFL. Yeah, I know Hunter's only 26 years old, but yeah. I mean, when he speaks in that room, I have to imagine it carries a lot of weight. Oh, 100%. I mean, Devontae noted that they're bouncing ideas off of each other. And if a guy like Devontae Adams is listening to Hunter Renfro, you better believe that everybody else in that room, in that locker room as a whole, is going to listen when Hunter talks. 100%. And I think what's interesting to me now as we get close to Miami, which we'll talk about uh, in a little bit, and then ultimately as we wrap up the, se- the preseason against the Patriots, is it was something that you and I were, were curious about heading into this training camp. What does the bottom portion of this wide receiver room look like? Yeah. And now I feel like it got a whole lot more interesting. Throw, a, you know, throw the fact that DeMarcus isn't there. Dylan Stoner returned to practice along with a bunch of others. More on that in a sec. But it's an interesting group, and I think for those guys in particular, I know we focus so much on the offensive line during the preseason, which we should. Yeah. But I'm going to be keeping a real close eye on the receivers these next two weeks. It is. You know, the big question is how many are they going to keep? Yeah. What's you know, the magic number? Five, six. You know, who, who knows what that number is? But I think with Demarcus, you know, being sent off, it, that really means some big things. You know, that this coaching staff sees big things possibly for DJ and T. Billy. You know, Tyron Johnson. You know, those are guys that I think have done well for themselves throughout camp. I say, ooh. I know that you know a lot of us in the media have talked about Tyron a lot, and he's done very well, but I think DJ may get the edge right now just in terms of how much he can actually do in terms of the special teams and returning and all this stuff like that. But that's a battle I'm definitely going to be watching down the stretch. You know, especially for the guys bottom portion of, the, of that roster, or excuse me, that position group, you need to be able to do a lot of things really, yeah. really well. And I think the one thing that, you know, we've seen from uh, from T. Billy is he, he has that, that explosive nature to him. He can yeah. do a lot of things. Now, let's see him kind of translate that to the games. Because he's had his moments in practice, right? Mm-hmm. He's had his moments during the preseason games as well. But can you be consistent? you be a consistent catcher of the football when the lights are bright when you need to come down with this ball how do you react that's what i'll be with him in particular that's what i'll be watching over these next two yeah we definitely need to see that because think about it in the games themselves you know how close has he been to coming down with that big play where you're like oh my gosh like what a play you know and and like all the hype is real that we keep hearing from everybody that's at practice and then raider nation gets to see that in person in the game if he's if he comes down with those catches there's two to come to mind Whereas, you know, not only becomes the talk of, you know, the preseason games offensively, but also around the league, some buzz maybe like, hey, you know, what are we missing with this guy? Uh, so that's where I think, you know, against that game in Miami, that's going to be like, all right, man, like, you know, can you come down with one of these ones and make that play? Yeah, and he's got two more chances to do it, right? Exactly. He's got two more opportunities to go out there, show Josh McDaniels and the staff, hey, this is what I can do. This is who I can be on a consistent basis, right? I think yeah. that we know who T. Billy can be from, you know, one play to the other and, and the kind of big play ability he has. But can you do it, you know, down in, down out? Can you do it for a full 60 minutes? That'll be interesting. And and I know that the names come through yesterday, and Demarcus Robinson is the one that pops for obvious reasons. But what I where I was really kind of interested after we shared our text about your guy, Gary, no longer uh, being on the roster was the Vernon Butler one to me was interesting and it was interesting to me in this way where I thought okay kind of a surprising move to get rid of one of your healthy defensive tackles when you don't have a ton of healthy defensive tackles well guess who came back today in a big way big time Hank Bilal Nichols back on the field and actually we had a lot of returns I had to get my notes because we had so many guys that returned to practice today Jesse Merrick Darren Waller Trayvon Mullen Interesting. Rock Yasin, uh, the aforementioned big time Hank, uh, Bilal Nichols, Divine Diablo, and Dylan Stoner. 
A lot of guys, a lot of healthy bodies getting back in the mix today out here at the uh, Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Almost looks like a new team. Seriously, man. I mean, that's, <laughs> you know? hang on, that's one, two, three, four, five. That's eight guys. That's that a lot back. of guys yeah. to come back, yeah. Specifically, too, with Mullen, I mean, that's the thing where, you know, full disclosure, I wasn't allowed to uh, practice, not allowed, I wasn't able to be at practice today. I had a dentist. You're always allowed. Yeah, come yeah, on. Let's, I'm let's allowed, yeah. He's, Jesse's <laughs> not been sure banished yet. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Got to phrase that correctly. Wasn't able to see it today, but I'll be back tomorrow. So Mullen's a guy that I'm going to be paying a lot of attention to. Uh, you know, just as it pertains to that battle for that job opposite Rock, which I think Rock's going to lock that one down. So really, you know, with uh, Anthony Averett out, now Mullen's going to probably take on a lot more of that load. But then you also go and throw a guy like Nate Hobbs into the mix, who they've thrown outside as well. So, I mean, that 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 battle outside a corner is going to be very interesting. But then you get the injection of those guys back at D-tackle, the guys that we expect to probably start. That's massive. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, we'll obviously do our Miami preview, but I'm curious how... Patrick Graham and the staff handles Trayvon this yeah. weekend because technically he'll have today's Wednesday, so he'll have Wednesday. I mean, he'll have two practices before a game. I don't know if that's enough, if you feel good enough about him to go out there and be able to protect himself yeah. after two practices to go and, and play against the Miami Dolphins. I don't know. I'll be very interested to see what his playing time looks like, if it looks like anything. That's a good, really good question. You know, I, I would say if it's me, I would lean more towards the let's wait, you know, mm-hmm. see how he does in the you joint, got joint practices. practices coming up. Exactly. exactly. And then and then play him in that last preseason game, which, you know, it kind of sucks, kind of puts him behind the eight ball a bit when you're trying to win a starting job. Um, you know, we don't know how serious the injury is to Anthony Averett, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think, yeah, it, just wait a bit longer, you know. Because also, too, okay, you play him, what are you going to get out of throwing him out there for one or two series? Yeah. You know, uh, give the give the guy more of a runway to kind of get healthy, get good. And, and that's where you're really going to, you know, these guys talk about all the time in these joint practices that they gain so much more from those than they do you know, the games themselves. So that's where I think you're going to get a really good look at him next week. Yeah, and I think the joint practice is going to be, you know, illuminating for us in a variety of ways. But I, yeah. I agree with you where I, I think at some point you got to protect the player from himself a little bit. Like, I'm sure Trayvon is like, yo, I'm ready to go. Like, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm trying to go win this job. Like, I'm ready to go get it. And and I guess obviously you and I are not in the training room and know exactly what his regimen and his ramp-up plan is. Yeah. But I I would, you know, all things equal, I would kind of err on the side of caution too with him because when he's right and it feels like, you know, we haven't seen the version of Trayvon that we we kind of got to know a little bit in Oakland and then really saw his first year in Vegas where it's like when he's right, he can be a value, a very valuable piece to your defense. So I don't know if, if the wit, you know, if the risk outweighs the uh, the reward in yeah. terms of putting him out there on Saturday night. I don't know. No, I don't agree because, you know, that's where and we talked about it early on on the pod, you know, one of the previous episodes that I think a guy like Trayvon Mullen is the reason why there aren't question marks around this one, just simply because you pair him with all the other guys that they did bring in that I think are going to, you know, bat above their average, you know, this year. So I, I think, you know, him coming back massive for that group, if he's the guy that you noted that we saw, you know, glimpses of. And and in terms of guys coming back, I, oh, my heart was so full to see the big fellas back yeah. out there today, because I mean, I know that it's not a great sample size, but from what we saw on, was it Sunday night? Sunday night? At, yes, at Sunday. Allegiant? What are like days? Years ago. Yeah, exactly. What are days? <laughs> but I mean, the Raiders had a really hard time stopping the run for big portions they of that did. game. What helps? Jonathan Hankins and Bilal Nickel help in a big way. Yeah. So to get them back to practice and same deal as Trayvon, like I don't know what exactly their ramp up plan is. I'd be a little surprised if we saw them on on Saturday night, but just to have them back and healthy enough to go practice, a great sign, especially as we record this on August seventeenth. Yeah, I mean, look, two dogs in the middle. Where again, you know. We saw this depth. Assume, assume starters, like you were saying. Exactly. Like yeah. we saw this depth really tested from the get go. Where 
Two and a half weeks into camp now? Is that two? Oh, two I mean, three, three. I think we're three. In, I think we're in. Who knows? Yeah, gosh. Yeah, again. A <laughs> long time. time. We're into it. But, I mean, yes. Carmen Priscilla just said we're in the dog days of camp. Exactly. So we're in the dog days of camp. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, to go that long without your two presumed starters, you know, on the inside there, that's, that's going to be massive to get them back, not only for the depth aspect of it, but one, to like see what these guys can do in this defense. You know, that's what I'm really interested to watch and see. Again, do we see them in the, the game against Miami? I don't know. I, 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 you know, we don't have all the details on the injuries and whatnot, so I don't know how, how bad they were. But uh, I'd imagine maybe, again, I hate to contradict Yeah, what's your myself. gut say? What's your yeah, gut say? My gut says we're going to see them. Okay. You know? um, again, I, what are you going to get out of seeing them for two yeah. series? But I think it's a little different there on the inside. Or maybe we don't because, you know, if you're not going to play Max and, uh, and Chandler, why throw those other two guys in there as well? And I think... I think, yeah, it'll be incredibly interesting come Saturday night to yeah. see who's actually wearing shoulder pads and breaking a sweat. But I think the timing for the big fellas' return is good. I mean, yeah. we're still, what, you know, three and a half weeks out from the start of week one. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you know how different every athlete is and different oh, yeah. body types and that. It's going to take the big fellas a little bit to get ramped up, to be ready to go and, and to do what they need to do on a game day. So if they were coming back a week from now, two weeks from now, all of a sudden you're like, oh, yeah. all right, like what's week one going to look like? But they're going to have ample time to get ready. We've talked about the joint practices starting next week with the Patriots. Having Bilal and big-time Hank back in the mix healthy, able to do what they do, and to get ramped up over 28 days, whatever it is, yeah. I think that's a net positive for this team as a whole. 100% agree. And Bilal is one of those guys that I think you know a lot of people were talking about in the offseason. It's like could be a sneaky good you know, signing. You know? So I'm just curious to see you know, what he is able to do, especially when we do see them in practice. Because, again, don't know what it's going to look like in the game. But see what he can do when he's flanked by guys like Max and, and mm-hmm. Chandler Jones. You know, so that's the thing that we're, I, again, I know I keep saying excited, but I just want to see what these big guys can do in this defense because we've gone this whole time watching the depth pieces, and it's great watching those guys, great opportunity for them. But now let's see what these guys who, again, we think are going to be starters, what they can actually do in the middle there and clog things up for them. I mean, if this if we're this fired up to see Bilal and Hankins and these guys, can you imagine what Patrick Graham's feeling? He's oh, probably man. just like... Finally, it's yes. Nice little injection, you know, right in the middle of 100%. camps to be like, all right, sweet, let's go. Let's throw these big boys out there and see what they can do. You know, again, you noted the fact that they struggled stopping the run. So, okay, you know, you throw a couple big bodies in there. That helps. A different story. Big time. And I think we can all now collectively exhale. We can all relax. <laughs> Darren Waller was back at practice from everything that we've heard from everyone around the league. Wasn't serious. Yeah. Kind of just being overly cautious with a guy like number 83. And he's back. He's going to practice. Will he play on Saturday night? Another big question. But we can all exhale. He's fine. Back to doing what he does best. Yeah, I'm not a betting man, but I'd be willing to bet a decent amount of money that we do not see Darren Waller in Miami on the field playing in the game. I think yeah. we will see him on the field. Yeah, the, the, McDan- the old McDaniel's. Yeah, yes. yeah. He'll be at the stadium. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, no, yeah, it just always cracks me up. You know, when people freak out about like absences in training camp and all this stuff, as you noted, still got like three weeks until the opener. Like, come on, man, let's all just calm down. You know, also, Darren Waller's not the guy to like stick it to the team, you know, in the middle of camp. I know a lot of people are talking about like, oh, maybe it's a contract thing. Da, da, da. No, that's not that. When has he ever shown you that he's that guy? Never. Like, never. So I thought it was all wild. Like, and, like, if I'm a fan, too, like, because, look, I'm a fan of another NFL team. Like, I, I get, like, the highs and lows of things that you kind of ride along with in this one. But, like, if a guy's going to miss some time, go ahead and miss time now. Yeah. yeah. I'm okay with Especially that. Especially if you're a guy like Darren Exactly. Wall, right? And, you know, I think everyone I said is going to sleep a little bit easier tonight knowing that he's yeah. back. But I would say even, 
you know, and thankfully this is not the case, but even if he was missing practice a week from now, you'd be like, okay, he's still got time. Exactly. You get to two weeks from now, two and a half weeks from now, maybe you're starting to not panic, but maybe we're starting to warm up the panic button a little bit. Yeah. But thankfully, we're not going to have to worry about that. No. He's back to work, doing his thing. Uh, and it'll be really exciting, especially next week with the joint practices, to see if everyone is healthy and out there, what this offense looks like against a different defense. Oh, 100%. That's that's going to be the fun part to watch, for sure. Just uh, simply, you know, good on good. I mean, I, you know, we see, I've seen all the reports of all the fights and the intensity coming mm-hmm. out with the uh, Patriots going up against the Panthers this week in joint practices. Obviously, a group that's like ready to compete, you know. So, I'm curious what that's going to look like when they come here. You know, two coaching staffs that have obviously a lot of respect and a lot of similarities, you know, uh, of each other. So, I, I, I'm real, real curious to see. And also, too, I think it's going to help, you know, the guys on offense, the guys on defense to see like this scheme in action from groups that have done it for a long time. Yeah. You know, have been there, done that, you know. So, that's going to be interesting. But also, too, to go back to the Darren Waller thing, like, you know, I, I don't think it's as big of a thing. Like, let's say it was Devontae that was out, you know, a knock on wood that doesn't happen. Then you kind of be like, oh, man, like, you know, he hasn't worked with Darren or with Derek for a while, you know, learning a new offense, adding all that in. Like, yes, Darren is also learning a new offense, but he's got that continuity with Derek Carr already. So I don't think you're missing out on any of that stuff. And to use Derek's favorite term, right, they have the time on task together. Exactly. You know, there's not going to be anything that Derek is going to see from Darren on a game day or vice versa that yeah. the two haven't gone through together. So, like I said, we can all relax. Everyone can just exhale. He's back. He's going to work. We did it, everyone. We survived the great Darren Waller. Will he practice? Yeah. Won't he practice of 2022? Congratulations. Uh, before we look ahead to Miami, though, one other transaction we didn't get to, Tyree Gillespie, yeah. uh, now a member of the Tennessee Titans, waiting to hear back what the compensation was for Tyree. But um, I don't want to say super surprising uh, that he was traded, but a, a little surprising. Yeah, right? a little bit. You know, similar situation where, like, you know, when all these things happen, when moves or guys are cut, things like that, you try and, like, go back and think, like, well, wait, hey, when has this guy caught my eye? When has he had? And then, again, no disrespect, but I just hadn't seen a lot from 37, you know? Uh, you look at the other safeties on this roster, I think that they have all flashed a bit more, you know, than he had. Uh, in this new system. He's a guy who I thought coming out was honestly going to do more than he did. So I, I was surprised in that sense to see the, you know, uh, that, that they cut him loose there. Um, but having said that, like, like, again, you know, you read the tea leaves, you look at the talents on this team, specifically on the back end, you know, those safeties they've got, and, and you can see why they made that move. Uh, and also good on them. Again, don't know quite what the, uh, you know, return is, but to possibly get something in return for a guy that you're going to move on from, like, Good on Ziegler and company. 100%. You look at Tyree's rookie year, uh, appeared in 11, excuse me, 11 games, finishes with eight tackles, right? I mean, yeah. to your point, a guy who I think immensely talented, but for whatever reason, it just didn't pan out here. And hopefully he has a yeah. great opportunity there in Tennessee to kind of have the next chapter of his career and, and do great. And, you know, once a Raider, always a Raider. But, you know, he is uh, he is no longer a part of this program. And it will be interesting to see when the official news does come through what the compensation was that we got back in return for, Ty- uh, excuse me, for Tyree. Uh, looking ahead to Miami now. Preseason game number three. Yeah. My question to you, and there is no shortage of storylines that we could discuss headed into this game, but I think the big one for me, and it's kind of been the the water cooler talk, if you will, who gets to start a quarterback? Yeah. Because if you would have asked me this 10 days ago after the Hall of Fame game, I'm like, oh, Jerry Stidham's the dude. Lock it in, number two. We'll see what happens with Nick, Null- Nick Mullins. But then Nick Mullins has a really nice night on Sunday night. Jared Stidham, I think, has a solid night. But all of a sudden you're like, oh, this Nick Mullins guy. Let's hmm, let's see. So third preseason game, the Raiders are, have the benefit of having this extra game. So they're they're third, uh, Miami second. Yeah. What do you do under center? 
Man, I hate to pour water on your fire there. It was steady. You think so? Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't know, brother. I don't know. I don't think there's any question either. No, zero yeah, question. Zero You're that question. confident? I am, yeah. I'm going to clip this one. I'm going to make it. sure Ray and I'll clip, clip, clip this I'm one. looking into the camera. Stiddy is starting against the Dolphins right All now. right. All right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. I mean, I think that there's value... I think there's value in giving Mullins a little run, right? Because I think yeah. we've seen Mullins play, or excuse me, Mullins play with some of the guys a little lower on the roster. I think he's done a nice job. I think he had a really nice night on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I'd be curious to see what he can do with the guys a little bit higher up on the roster. Obviously, he's not going to get the benefit of Devontae and Darren, yeah. Josh Jacobs, but like none of them will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see. I'm I'm curious. I think my interest has been peaked a little bit. I think if you were to, you know, once again, not a betting man like you, but I think I would assume that Jarrett probably has the edge slightly. But I, I think just for the sake of competition, for the sake of doing your due diligence and doing your homework, trot him out there on Sunday see, or Saturday night. See what you got. Yeah, look, to play devil's advocate, I could totally see why you go and do that. You know, again, you, you, you don't want to put a guy behind the eight ball based off of who he's playing with. No disrespect to any of the guys that he's lined up with or anything like that. But I, I could see wanting to give him that opportunity, you know, with those guys. Um Having said that, you know, uh, taking off that devil's advocate hat, sure. I just think Stidham is a guy that has the trust of this coaching staff in that backup role, you know, where I think that it's, it's pretty much locked up. I know it's a competition, they're going to say it is, but I honestly— Spicy Jesse. Yeah, nah, Stephen really. A. Merrick in the house. <laughs> Stephen My A. God. Merrick. <laughs> I'm telling you, though, man, I think, I think he's got that backup job locked up, to be honest. I think, look, think about it. He's got the, you know, the, the experience with the coaching staff sure. in this offense, all that stuff. I thought he had the edge coming into camp. And after watching two preseason games, you know, so much action, so much stuff they're going to pull from the preseason games when I sit here on this same pod and say you can't take too much yeah. from the preseason <laughs> games. Having said that, I think, you know, Stidham, I think, is going to be the guy that wins the backup job. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Look, I mean, time will tell. We still have, I think we're two weeks from yesterday, two weeks from t- uh, yesterday, that the Dave Ziegler and Josh will cut down to 53. My gut tells me that, that Mullins gets the start. Yeah. I don't know why. See, I don't know. I wish I had something better than that's kind of what my feeling tells me, yeah, but yeah. I don't know. So here's a quick question. It's a little sidebar on this one. You think they keep two or three quarterbacks? I think it depends. Oh, man. I mean. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, now, I know. Just, I, you know. Say, we'll do the exercise. I think it depends on who, what the room looks like, right? Yeah. Because I think if you're Dave Ziegler and Josh, you probably have to think, that Mullins has a better chance of clearing waivers than Jarrett does. Yeah. Right? I would I would say so. And so unless Mullins comes out and, you know, goes wild these next 14 days, I don't know. I oh. It's a tough question. Can I can I say two on the active roster, one on the practice squad? Is that a, is that a cop out answer? Yeah, I think that's a cop out. A yeah, cop out I'm, I'm more so asking like active roster. Uh, I'm gonna say two. Yeah, I'm gonna say two. You think two? I think it's yeah. three. You're gonna. I do. Which like this is one I go. I go back. This and is actually on. good for once because yeah. you and I actually don't agree. We usually agree on like 99 percent yeah, yeah, of things, yeah, yeah. but you think they're gonna keep three? I think they're gonna keep three. I'm not super confident about that, but I just like, the gut tells me three. Okay. Yeah, and I can't even give you a good reason why I think right. that is. Hey, well, I couldn't give just... you a good reason why I thought that Mullins was gonna start on Saturday. So. But it, it, it is interesting where, and it is fun that to have these like discussions and debates because you don't have to worry about who the starter is, right? Yeah. Uh, like you're not like, oh, <laughs> exactly. oh, I wonder, I wonder if number four is going to be ready to rock yeah, in week yeah. one. But I don't know, man. I, I think, I think two and a practice squad guy. I mean, the one, the one guy, and we're really going down the the rabbit hole here. The one thing that interests me now is the Chase Garbers deal. If you're building out a quarterback room, yeah, because like obviously I. I Listen, never say never, but I would be shocked if he was on the 53. Nah, but he yeah. seems like a prime practice squad guy. I would say so. So, like, if if you have to get rid of, if you cut ties with either Jarrett Ooh. or Nick, you feel you got to feel pretty confident that you can get Garbers back on in the, the practice, practice squad, squad, which would bring you yeah. to the two plus one on the squad is three. I 
I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I could I could see it. I sh- the, the big question is is are they confident that Mullins, you know, if I I know I'm yeah, putting yeah, the yeah. cart before the horse here. No offense to Mullins, but um, you know, are you confident that he would be able to clear waivers? That's that's I think the big question there. That's the million dollar question. Yeah. Right? That's the million dollar question. I think you got to look around. So who is his he was in Cleveland last year, right? I believe so. New yeah. staff there. They have the same staff, right? Uh same staff, same, same staff. Same staff. So uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. They got yeah. questions at quarterback. There's they do. Things that, they, yeah. do. they got Jacoby, though. I think they just signed somebody, though, recently. Um, they brought somebody in. I can't remember who it was. Uh, it'll be interesting. I, yeah. I don't know. It'll be it'll be a very interesting two weeks that I think will begin with the Nick Mullen start on Saturday night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're wrong. What, uh, what do you – I mean – Outside of the quarterback play, like what are you looking for on on Saturday in Miami, though? Yeah, I think I mean the biggest thing, you know, now especially seeing them go against a team like uh, Minnesota that's you know got great running backs, you know, that the depth clearly showed mm-hmm. there. Uh, can you stop the run? You know, that's something I think we need to see. You know, because we saw uh, Josh in the first game talk about how the tackling he thought was okay early on, and then it kind of dipped off, and then you see the running game kind of start to dice him up a little bit there. Um, you know, do you do you fix that now? Going into week three, your your third preseason game there, and can you kind of clog things up a little bit more with this Miami team? You know, I don't know a ton about the backs and the, the depth that they have on that roster, uh, but knowing where Mike McDaniel comes from, I'd imagine they're going to want to run the ball. Yeah, and uh, I wonder if we're going to see uh, old friend of the program Alec Inkle yeah. out there on uh, on Saturday night. Good question. I'd, I'd imagine so. You think so? Yeah. I mean, you know. That's I feel like that's one of those keeping positions. in mind I was coming back from the ACL last yeah, year. Yeah, that too. That. Like also one of those positions. Like if you play fullback, like you got to get out yeah, there. You got to get you gotta hit somebody. Yeah, you that's know? fair. So I'd imagine we probably see him out yeah, there. It'd be great to see. Yeah, it'd be great to see him. Friend yeah. of the program, Alec. As you know, we said it at the time. We wish nothing but health and success for him. He's yeah. one of the best guys that we've had in this building in a long time, and and uh, and we're hoping that he goes out and just dominates in Miami. Yeah. Uh, things that I'm looking for ahead of Miami. I know you took the the defense a little bit. I'm gonna we talked about it a little bit at the top. I'm going to be looking at the, the depth in this wide receiver room. Yeah. Right? Someone's going to go win a job. Someone is going to go take a job either Saturday or the following Friday back here at Allegiant Stadium yeah. against the Patriots. Someone's going to do it. Who is it going to be? That's, That's the big question. Who is it going to be? And then I think to, to kind of you know uh, switch position groups a little bit too, the running backs. I think that the running – we have a, a log jam at running back. Uh, I think there's – I mean, you could make an argument – that the running back room is the most talented room yeah. group on this roster, and you're not going to be able to keep 13 backs or whatever, whatever no. number we have on there. So I'm really curious to see what those guys do. The Austin Walter uh, experiment that has gone incredibly well so for well. two weeks. I think he's averaging like, I did the math, I think he's averaging north of five yards to carry through two games. I've heard I that's pretty good. Yeah, it's good. It'll, <laughs> that'll check out. Yeah. Uh, but I'm curious what he does against Miami. I'm curious who plays against Miami. Uh, the rookies, I know we've, we've all been kind of infatuated by Zamir. I thought Britton Brown had a really nice night yeah. uh, on Sunday night against the, uh, against the Vikings. But those two groups in particular, depth on the wide receiving room, or excuse me, in the wide receiving room, and then who goes out and really kind of puts their stamp on this running back group as well. Those are the two things I'll be keyed in on. Yeah, two really intriguing storylines that have kind of emerged you know, throughout camp. You know? And I agree with you. That running back room, I mean, we kind of saw it in the first game, but then it's just been like thrown in our face once yeah. again in that second game just how deep and good the young guys are on this roster. Uh, every time I watch Austin Walter, I just am like, Amazed, like just simply, like he just gets faster and faster every time I watch him. I'm always like, I remember, I think watching him in the game, being like, "Wow, that dude was quick and shifty." I thought he was, um, I thought he was Kenyon Drake at one point. Like watching it from afar, and I was like, "Wait a second, that's not Kenyon." 
You know, so I've been really impressed with what I've seen from that kid, you know, and I, I'm I'm curious to see how he does. You noted Brenton Brown, another guy that I thought definitely had a really good game. I mean, you've got to imagine that they have created some conversations within that coaching staff, you know, where they're like, hey, we've got some young guys on this team that are making much less money than some other guys on, in this room here. What are we going to do about this if they continue to do this? And it's a great problem to have. Yeah. It's a fantastic problem to have. I think we even putting problem, you should probably put it in air quotes, yeah. right? But it's like, it's it's super intriguing how this is going to shake out. Because while we talked about there's there's jobs to be won in that wide receiver room, I think you can say the same about the backs. Yeah. I really do. Um, and you and I were talking at the game on Sunday, and you, you brought up the great point where you said, and Austin Walton, excuse me, Austin Walter, he just always falls forward. He yeah. didn't get hit behind the line of scrimmage. No. Like, this is a dude who's just constantly, fall, you know, he reminds me of, uh, and not not physically at all, because they're two very separate guys, but Latavius Murray did that too. I could see where that. Latavius, like, you know, he would, it felt like he never took a loss. Yeah. Like, he would turn the, you know, the, uh, the two-yard loss into, like, a half-yard gain or a yeah, no gain. Yeah. And I think a lot of it was because he simply was so big. Latavius was such an imposing physical figure that I think he was able to— he would just lean on people, right? Yeah. He would lean on backs, and he would fall forward. But the same thing with Austin Walton and Walter. And like I said, two very different body types, two mm-hmm. very different players. But they, I kind of see that similarity where they're, they're guys that aren't going to take losses, and they're going to turn those one-yard gains into three-yard gains, those three-yard gains into five-yard gains. Mm-hmm. And perhaps most importantly, those losses into no gains and keep you, you know, at least slightly in front of the chance. It's massive to have a guy that's that's like that, you know, that's the hammer, not the nail, you know, on a very consistent basis, it's specifically in the running back room, and also from a young guy who's shifty like he is, that's not back there dancing around, running around, you yeah. know, running like 50 Season yards goes. to get yeah. four. Yeah, like, you just, you put your foot in the ground and you go, uh, you know, so I've been impressed from him, uh, watching him in that aspect of it, and like, again, as you noted too, the receiver, you know, battle there, you know, at the bottom of the depth chart in that group, I mean, man, it is just fun that that's you know an intriguing battle to watch because like being a former receiver like I nerd out on watching those guys all the time so it just gives me another excuse to pay more attention to them so that's definitely going to be something I'm going to be watching down the stretch and how about this man it's Austin Walter's birthday today oh happy 26 birthday 26 years young to Mr. Walter you how go. about that uh, interesting too for a guy that is 26 not a lot of tread on the tire right yeah, he's only yeah. got nine career games in the NFL uh, one with the Giants four with the Niners uh, and then three with the Jets. Uh, how about that? He played for both New York teams. That's kind of fun. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, you don't have to move very far. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. And, and like I said, just an overall intriguing three to four to five days coming up. And then after that, Patriots are coming to town. Yeah. And that is, I mean, you and I are going to have have a lot to talk about. Oh, a yeah. A lot to talk about. But I will say, you know what will be nice this year is when we did the show in uh, L.A., in 2021 mm-hmm. and we recorded the training camp podcast we were in like a it's like a conference room like essentially a retrofitted conference room that yep. had turned into like our storage area for our, our equipment and all that we're gonna be here yeah so this is a little bit nicer a little nicer digs this is a bit. in 2022 we don't have to get on the bus we don't have to do anything <laughs> like that so it'll be really exciting to to take advantage of, of what we see for those couple days of practice and then just be able to hop, hop in here and break it all down oh 100 you know i'm looking forward to it don't get me wrong i love going back to ventura county of you know, course the home, yeah. the hometown area that's for right me. that's but, right uh, definitely looking forward to do it in our own backyard here in vegas and I, as we were talking about that i just had the spider-man meme pop in my head of like the coaching staffs kind of pointing at each other like yeah you know we're all the same here like you know i'm curious uh, how much similarities we're going to see. You know, that's something I'm going to be paying attention to is uh, how similar are the groups coached, you know, run, you know, because, again, it is that New England West type of thing that we all talk about that's so played out. 
But seeing them both with your own eyes in person, that's something I'm real curious to see how much they actually are similar. And I think one another aspect of this that doesn't have anything to do with the football side of it or what yeah. we see on you know during those couple of days of camp but, or a couple of days of practice, I should say, is we're going to have the New England media out here too. So it'll be yeah. kind of interesting to kind of pick their brains and see, you know, kind of comparing and contrasting notes of how a practice is run, how the day is broken out. Like, it'll be interesting to see, like, oh, okay, like, I could totally see how Josh took this from Bill, or, yeah. oh, Josh has decided he's doing this in a completely different way, and this is kind of his spin on, on what he mm-hmm. thinks a day should look like. So I think that'll be, in a very nerdy kind of way, I think yeah. that'll be interesting. I think it's going to be a big eye-opener for that, because, you know, the guys that have been there and done that in New England for so long, having seen all of that, I'm sure they're curious to see how Josh is doing it differently. And, again, it's a little nerdy, like, deep dive into all that, but I think that's something that's, uh, you know, that we can draw a lot from when we look at, you know, moving forward into the year just to see, because again, that narrative that's out there, you know, how much is it that Patriots West and how much is he branching off and doing his own thing? Because Josh has said multiple times that, you know, I think in his first job, he noted when he went to Denver, he tried to do a carbon copy and, and everything exactly the same. So I would be real curious to see from those guys to, to learn and, and see, okay, what are the things that he is doing differently that maybe he's tweaked a bit that he probably did while he was in Denver? And like all things in life, Jesse Merrick, it's all balanced. Yeah. It's probably going to kind of land somewhere in the middle, exactly. as, as all things should. But on our way out, Jesse, 30 seconds of plugs. Where, the, where can the people find you? Oh, yeah. Always on Twitter, at JesseNews3LV. And then, again, guys, always on Channel 3 doing our thing. We got the Aces starting tonight in the playoffs. Number one overall seed, taking on the Phoenix Mercury. So, obviously, rooting for the family. You know, the Aces all in the Raiders family as well. So, uh, we're going to be diving into all of that. I'm technically off today, but I will be there tonight. Helping my guy Brian out, you know, getting ready for all the playoff action. Big shout out to Brian. Uh, what is? Give me the the really quick. I know we're going long, but who nah. cares? Give me the uh, the kind of skinny on this Aces series coming up. Man, I mean, look, Aces. Like I said, number one overall seed. Becky Hammond has come in and just not necessarily changed things because they were a good team. They went yeah. to the semifinals last year, but completely changed the way that this team plays. I mean, you know, they're running and gunning, kind of similar to a lot of the Run Rebels teams from the early '90s. You know, from the '90s eras. Uh, that fans out here love so much, and they are jacking up threes left and right. Becky has empowered this group to shoot the three ball, to shoot from anywhere. Kelsey Plum, one of these people that has just balled out, you know, ever since Becky came to town. Asia Wilson showing that she could and just might win another MVP, you know, uh, she's in the argument for that. You know, the depth that they have is crazy. For anybody that hasn't watched the Aces play yet, and if you're going to start watching them, you know, in the playoffs here, pay attention to Chelsea Gray. She is a dog back there. She's got, they call her the point god because she just dishes it out like crazy. So much fun to watch. And she's kind of like the motor of this team late in the late in the games. And I will say, having been to a couple games this year, great atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, they do they do a game day right or game night, you know, depending on when, when tip off is. I was going to say kickoff. We, yeah. We're in full football mode. I but, know, I'm guilty uh, of doing that all the time. But they do a really nice job. Uh, it's, it'll be really exciting to see them kind of kick off their, their postseason journey tonight. And we'll be yeah. tuned in with, uh, with all our friends on News 3 and everyone here in Las Vegas. So for Eddie Pascal, my man Jesse Merrick, Ray and everyone else back in the control room who's making this whole thing operational, we thank you, thank you, thank you. And we will see you guys next week, I believe on Monday, question mark? I think. I can't think remember think so. Ray gives you the thumbs up. Yep. We'll yep. see you guys on Monday for episode eight of the Rainers Trading Camp podcast presented by SiriusXM. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Raiders Training Camp Podcast presented by SiriusXM. To stay up to date on all the latest with the silver and black, download our mobile app and subscribe to the Raiders Podcast Network.